We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. NFL Vice President of Broadcast Planning, Mike North. What was your weekend like after you finally put this thing to bed? Uh, it was a little relaxing, but also still a little tense. Uh, when this schedule comes out, teams got their schedules on Wednesday. The networks got their schedules on Thursday, uh, but they only got their own. So the initial reaction was, you know, in a vacuum, in a vertical. This is what I got. Okay, I get it. I see. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, but now, 24, 48, 72 hours later, everybody's had a chance to see what everybody else got. And in some ways, it might make you feel a little bit better about what you got. Uh, in other ways, it might make you feel a little worse. So still a couple of texts and emails. Nothing too, um, you know, uh, ornery or, or disastrous. Um, but definitely still some questions. And I think as everybody gets into it a little bit more over the next couple of days and weeks, uh, we'll field a couple of more questions. But, you know, as I think I've said to you guys before, this thing isn't really about making everybody happy. It's about disappointing everybody equally. And I feel like that's kind of where we landed. Nobody's uh, nobody's too high and nobody's too low. Did you field any questions or comments from the Jets over the weekend? Um, no, they've been good so far. Uh, I have not heard from Jaime or Brian Mulligan or from coach. Um, look, they're, they're obviously in our backyard. So we talk to them regularly and I think we had a pretty good sense of the kinds of things that they were looking for in this season. Um, you know, obviously your record dictates most of your television. So it comes down to travel. It comes down to a home opener. It comes down to a Thursday home game, you know, like most teams in the league, I think two of the things that they were focused on were, uh, opening at home. And catching that Thursday game, everybody's got one uh, on a short week. Uh, I think most teams, if you asked them, would prefer to have it at home. So, you know, of the things the teams are looking for this year, the Jets checked a couple of boxes, you know, with the home opener and the home Thursday. All right, we're going to dive into the deep on with the Jets here in a second. But can you talk about the making to the schedule being a combination of both art and science? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's been art for so, so long. Um, you know, those of us who have been doing this for 20, 25 years, we go back to the days of Val Pinchbeck, the father of NFL scheduling. He used to build the schedule by hand, one game at a time, one decision at a time, uh, making the best decision in the moment, but really not having any indication of what corners you painted ourselves into, what rabbit hole you're now going down, uh, or what branches of the search tree you now completely have lopped off by making a decision that felt like the right decision in week two or week three or for ESPN in week six. Um, so uh, we're all still kind of doing it the way Val always did it, uh, but obviously taking advantage of uh, the software and the hardware instead of building one schedule and going down one path, we can go down dozens a night, hundreds over the course of a couple of weeks, thousands by the time we're done. Uh, we ended up literally completing over 100,000 legal, playable, feasible NFL schedules this year. So the math and the science and the search and the heuristic and the algorithm and the optimization, they can create a lot more options for you. Now the question is, are they better, right? Which ones are, are good? Which ones aren't quite checking the boxes that Howard Katz, who runs the scheduling process, has in mind? You know, we sit down February 8th or whatever it is, the day after the Super Bowl, and Howard's kind of got a vision in his mind. Here's what the primetime schedule should look like. Here's what we're going to do for Amazon, our new streaming partner. Let's not forget Team X or Team Y. Maybe got the short straw last year. Let's make sure we don't double ding him again. So he's always got a picture in his mind. And it's our job to kind of get into his mind, maybe sometimes even read his mind, and kind of teach the computers what it is Howard's thinking about, 
and then Hans Schroeder, Brian Rollapp, Roger Goodell, the guys that run NFL media, um, you know, manage all our media partnerships. They've all got conversations with our network partners, trying to figure out, you know, the right buttons to push, the right levers to pull. And like we said, in a way, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy, but hopefully you can uh, give everybody a little something. Nobody gets everything, but everybody gets something sort of the way we think about it. And instead of building one schedule by hand, we can build 100,000 with the computers. I assume we're better than we would have been if we'd have just built one by hand. Mike, how quickly is that process? 120,000 schedules are generated and you guys, is it instantaneously where you go, okay, 120,000 to 300 or 400. And then can you talk about weaning them down from 300 or 400? Yeah. Like most projects, you know, you start with a really wide net. You've got a lot of options and you're willing to consider an awful lot of things. So those early days of scheduling, we're cranking out hundreds a day. Um, and then after you start to see a few things, you know, the boss starts to get a little comfortable. You know what? I really like when Green Bay Chicago lands in week two on Sunday night, or I really like when Fox gets the doubleheader in week 12. I really hate when the Jets catch a three-game road trip, and it includes their trips to Denver, Green Bay, and Minnesota, something like that. So you look at as many of these schedules as you can early in the process. They're coming in faster than we can even really kind of you know process them. So it's really more about using our scoring system, checking out some hot-button issues, looking at the things that we know we're focused on. And so early in the process, lots and lots of schedules, but most of them get cast aside pretty quick. The more you cast aside schedules, the more rules you write, the more constraints you add to the model. Now, instead of many schedules, you start to taper down. And by the end, you're really only seeing a couple a day. Uh, the bad news is you're only seeing a couple a day. The good news is they're all good. They're all checking the boxes. They're all getting pretty close to you know, what Howard Katz and Hans Schroeder and Roger Goodell have in mind when we hand them this 272-piece puzzle. Good for this guy, bad for that guy. It is a zero-sum game after all. Anything that's good for the Jets is bad for the Patriots. Anything that's good for CBS is probably bad for ESPN. So try to balance it out. And, uh, yeah, the the tapering of options happens smoothly, not too quickly, until we get to the very, very end. And once you're kind of hanging that leader in the clubhouse on the wall and we know we've got one that we could play, if we're going to beat it, it's probably going to be – very similar, just on the margins. Let's not rethink kickoff. Let's not rethink Thanksgiving or Christmas. We like that schedule that's hanging on the wall. But if we could fix that Houston three-game road trip or that CBS one o'clock window in week eight, we should at least try. So you let the computers run basically until the last minute, and you just keep throwing contenders at the leader in the clubhouse. And if it survives, you know you're getting pretty close to the best you're going to do. All right, Mike, what do you say to the Jet fan you live in this area, so you're around Jets fans who say, Mike, what about some primetime love? Yeah, we got the Thursday night game, the home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars December 22nd, and that's nice, but just the one game and the 13, 1 p.m. starts. Uh, I'll tell you that was not a conscious effort on the league office's part. We didn't set out and say, okay, Jets, maximum one prime go. Um, you know, their record probably didn't warrant the NBC Sunday night package, but they were absolutely in the mix for ESPN. We looked at plenty of schedules literally right up until the very, very end where you might've seen like a Jets Patriots or a Jets Bills game on ESPN on Monday night football. I don't think our friends at Disney would have complained if that's where the schedule had landed. Um, you know, that being said, uh, I think I said this the other day, you know, you, um, you, you play your way into prime time. You don't necessarily draft your way into prime time. We all feel like the Jets got better 
uh, at the draft, nothing would be, you know, better for the league than to have both New York teams competitive and relevant and delivering a lot of eyeballs um, on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday night. So, uh, you know, we don't root for anybody. Of course, we root for all 32 equally, but uh, it would be good for the NFL to have the Jets and Giants, uh, you know, with winning records in playoff contention. And that will bring additional primetime exposure. Let's remember this conversation, though, in a couple of years, because when I come back on and they're on Sunday night, twice, <laughs> Monday night, twice and Thursday night and a doubleheader and Christmas, you guys are going to say, hey, wait a minute. We love the days of Sunday at one o'clock. It's a uh, it, it's a good price to pay for success. Hey, we're talking to the fan right now. I got to ask that question because it's on their minds. There's no doubt about that. Um, so let's get the record straight. Uh, there was some talk. There was some consideration of putting the Jets on ESPN. It just didn't turn out. Hundred percent. Somewhere in these hundred and whatever thousand schedules that we look through, including some really right down to the very end. I'll be very honest with you. The ESPN Monday Night Doubleheader this year, where we're playing an ESPN and an ABC game side by side with each other, uh, we absolutely looked at contender finalist schedules. Where instead of Tennessee Buffalo in Week Two, it was Jets Buffalo in Week Two. So, absolutely in the mix. No question, it was a possibility. Nothing anybody here would have blanched at or winced at. Um, it really just came down to, hey, this particular schedule is a little better than that particular schedule, and, and this was the one that happened not to have the Jets on Espen. But uh, there was no conscious effort uh, by the scheduling team to prevent that. Uh, it was an option. Uh, it just didn't happen to land on on the final leader. Almost Jets-Buffalo week two in primetime. Well, uh, maybe another year. L- let me ask you this. You mentioned the Jets opening at home. Is that something that they requested or said – We'd like to do that considering we haven't had a home game, home opener since 19. And also this was the 21st anniversary of 9-11. Yeah, look, the truth is every team in the league wants to open at home. They also want to close at home. They also want to have a midseason bye week. They also don't want to go to Florida in September when it's 100 degrees. They don't want to go to Lambeau in January when it's negative 10 degrees. They don't want to play uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off their bye week because Andy Reid never loses off his bye week. I mean, everybody's got the same wish list. You could probably submit the wish list for the Jets. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, everybody focuses, obviously, when the schedule comes out on week number one. We've got four months ahead of us to get ready for the opener it's hard to start, you know, gearing up in May for week three or week six or week nine, you know. So everybody's looking at week one. I'm sure every team in the league would prefer a home opener. What we try to do is balance it. You know, you can't have a home opener every year, but if you've had a, you know, lengthy stretch of road games in week one, it's probably something the scheduling team ought to work to address and at some point kind of pay what we owe. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little out of our hands. The stadium might be blocked. There might be a conflict. There might be, a, you know, a baseball game across the street. Uh, you never know. But as best we can, we sort of track all these things and all these rules and all these constraints. Plus, the clubs remind us, you know, they're not shy and they have very long memories. And if they feel like, hey, we're owed one here, they'll tell us and uh, we'll do what we can to sort of make it right. The Jets have eight fewer rest days than their opponents tied for the fourth worst rest rest differential in the National Football League. I feel like that's something new that people are talking about. 10, 15 years ago, you didn't hear too much about that, did you? No, no. And look, the truth of the matter is it's a story on release day, no doubt. And obviously we pay attention to it. Eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 days total, up or down, good or bad. That's probably within, you know, hailing distance of everybody else in the league. 
if you see a schedule where somebody's, you know, plus 27 or minus 32, that's probably not our best schedule. So, you know, to say that minus eight, minus 10, minus 12 is fair or unfair, I think it's relative to the rest of the league. And plus our data guys have spent a lot of time kind of analyzing this. Um, you know, we have yet to find a situation where it really jumps off the page as this is truly unfair. There was a stretch maybe five or 10 years ago where playing a team coming off their bye week, especially if you were on the road, you go on the road to a team who's rested, something like, you know, a 20% impact and expected win percentage. That's pretty significant. You can't avoid them all. You're going to have them, but you probably shouldn't have two or three land on the same team. Um, now it's sort of shifted. You know, if you look at the data, it kind of shows that rest is just like everything else. It could be weather. It could be quarterback play. It could be a salary cap devoted to certain position groups. Good teams overcome challenges. Bad teams will, you know, struggle no matter what obstacles are in their way. Um, but you, you hardly ever hear a team or a coach uh, say to us, hey, you know, we can't compete as a result of this, you know, negative rest discrepancy. They'll show up, they'll play. And there's times every year when the team that's, you know, minus seven in rest gets a W. And there's times when the team that is plus three or four gets beat. So we watch it, we monitor it. You know, our data and analytics folks are always kind of bringing to our attention those things which start to be, you know, trending towards, hey, we ought to avoid this. Uh, we're not quite there yet on rest discrepancy. Anything in the you know, 8, 10, 12, up or down is probably standard. And if it happens to the same team, you know, down 10, down 14, year after year after year, then yeah, probably at some point we ought to flip it around. But I may not have this exactly right, but I think the Packers were one of the teams with the worst rest discrepancy last year. I think they had five games with negative rest. They won them all. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of the Packers, great transition. You must be looking at my notes here. Interesting dynamic for the Jets. They go out there in week six and face Aaron Rodgers and company. The Packers, the week before, are playing the Crosstown Giants, not across the town, no, across the pond over in London. They declined to buy afterwards, right? Yep. Yeah, most of the teams did. I mean, you know, the Jets have been over there. It's uh, it's the kind of thing where maybe eight or ten years ago it was still, you know, so new and everybody's still kind of adjusting to the concept. You know, they used to go over – Monday, Tuesday, spend the mm -hmm. whole week there, get their body clocks acclimated uh, and then fly back and take the bye week and everybody sort of decompress and reset and go from there. Lately, it's become, you know, I don't want to call it routine because it's not, but it's getting pretty close to just another road game for these guys. They get over there Friday, maybe even Saturday sometimes. The vast majority of the games lately and certainly all of them this year are being played in the afternoon over there. So 930 in the morning Eastern time over here in the States. They're going to be back at JFK or at Newark by, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Probably not that different than if they were playing on the road at Seattle or San Francisco. So all most of the teams this year opted not to take the bye week coming back from the UK. And it's uh, indicative, I think, of the fact that everybody's kind of adjusted and it's becoming much more routine, at least from a football operations standpoint. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. 
Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Mike, how rare is it that the Jets open up with four consecutive games against teams outside the AFC East in the same division, the AFC North? Yeah, look, I'm, I I wouldn't bet that it's unprecedented to open up those first four weeks without a division opponent. I would not be surprised if that's the first time it's happened like that, where you play everybody from, um, you know, another division like that all in a row. We pay a lot of attention, obviously, to how we spread the division games around uh, within a season. I don't think we're at our best if, you know, the Jets or anybody else played four or five of their first six games against division opponents or, or maybe even four or five of their last six games uh, against division opponents. We had that last year in the schedule that we played uh, in the NFC East, Uh, just an awful lot of NFC East matchups in December and January, hopeful that that division uh, was going to come right down to the wire and all those games were going to matter. Didn't quite pan out that way. Um, So again, not unprecedented. It's really more about spreading those division games throughout the season, kind of have a balance, you know, some in the first third, some in the middle, and of course, saving some for the end. Um, I would not be surprised if this is the first time that the Jets played four teams right in a row to start their season from a division that wasn't their own. Yeah, going back to 1970, we believe it's actually the first time. And then I know you've taken a lot of questions on this already. Deshaun Watson, does that go into consideration in terms of we don't know? Right now, obviously, he's on the Cleveland Browns roster. A lot of people are expecting a suspension at some time. Yeah, we don't know, uh, honestly, any more than you do or Adam Schefter. Um, you know, I, I heard that this was the first uh, discipline case with the new CBA. So I'm not even sure the decision rests solely with the commissioner anymore. Uh, we don't know. It could be tomorrow. It could be a year. It could be two years. There could be a suspension. There could be no suspension. Uh, none of us know. And as such, we really didn't take that into account um just kind of you know let the chips fall where they may as it turned out i think the browns ended up with two national games chance for a third i think they're in the saturday pool down there in december so one in the first third one in the middle third one in the back third um look if if deshaun's playing and he's healthy um you know he's one of the best players in the league or he was last time he was on a football field and last time we all got to see him so Uh, I'm sure if he plays this year and we all see if he is who we all thought he was, um, you know, the Browns record and their national appearances will reflect that in the 2023 schedule. This year, we didn't factor in anything because, frankly, we don't know anything. Yep, obviously, Jets, Browns, week two in Cleveland. I wanted to go back to the division here, AFC East. Sets up interestingly for the Jets because prior to their week 10 bye, they have three divisional games all at home. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum, all their divisional games, the back end are on the road. Is that something you all typically try to avoid? You know what? For a team like the Jets, you know, you think about the Jets, the Bills, the Patriots, those are all cold weather, outdoor stadiums. It's going to be cold whether you play the game at home or on the road. Um, you know, it might be the kind of thing where we look at, um, trying to think of a good example, uh, maybe Minnesota or Detroit, you know, having to go on the road to Green Bay and Chicago, asking a dome team, or even in the AFC East, right, asking the Dolphins, a 
as a warm weather team to go on the road to all three cold weather road division games in the second half of the season versus the first half of the season. Unprecedented? Probably not. Something we wouldn't play? Probably not. Uh, but something to pay attention to and something that uh, I imagine the team would bring to our attention? Probably. I'm not sure. Again, it's competitively unfair. Um, but probably just another one of those you know, oddities, unique set of circumstances, nothing intentional. And let's see how it plays out. And if it turns out to be truly unfair, probably the kind of thing we'd look to avoid in the future. Yeah, let's see how it plays out because the Jets might use this to their advantage here before the bye with those home games at MetLife Stadium. Uh, Yeah, it's just interesting as far as the way it all comes together. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. As far as the league is concerned, can you talk about the increasing number of broadcast partners and also the Amazon streaming the Thursday night footballs now? I mean, football. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, you mentioned whatever you said, 1970 there. Think about going back to 1970. Basically, every game was at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and that was it, right? And then we added Monday night football in the early 70s. And everybody said, nobody's going to watch football in prime time on a weeknight, on a school night, on a work night. You guys are nuts. Uh, That turned out to be a relatively successful franchise. Same thing. We went to Sunday night football. Um, You know, we've added Thursday nights over the past 15 years. We've got 930 a.m. London games. We're playing on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on New Year's. Uh, There's an awful lot of new windows and as long as, you know, the clubs can adjust and, and handle it and, like we said, turn that which seems, um, you know, to be uh, unique and different suddenly becomes routine, right? These London games are now relatively routine for our teams. Um, and, and I think our fans are starting to find uh, more of our games kind of wherever we deploy them. You know, if, if all the games are still Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, um, you don't get a chance to see some of the other teams in the league and you're just going to watch your team over and over and over again, which is important, a lifeline of the league. And, and you know, one of the key facets of every one of our broadcast partners uh, relationships with us, the home team, local market ratings, absolutely uh, mission critical to the success of the NFL. No question about it. But, you know, when you can finish watching the Jets at one o'clock and if the Giants are Uh, on by, then we should show you a Packers game or a Steelers game or a Bills game or a Chiefs game at 430. Uh, And then another one on Sunday night and another one on Monday night. So trying to, you know, innovate, look for these new windows. Our fans will tell us um, if we've gone too far uh, or if there's a window that they're not interested in. Uh, You know, the proof is in the pudding as always. And at least so far, uh, our fans have found our games as we've deployed them across different days and different time slots and different network partners. Amazon's going to be different, going to be interesting. Um, You know, we have Prime accounts. We're probably going to find the football games. If not, our kids will help us uh, find Amazon Prime. Uh, Our folks might need a little help. So it it might take a a little bit of a transition and everybody's going to have to get used to, um, you know, finding the games, uh, you know, deployed on a streaming service. But, um, you know, if you think back just a couple of years, 
you know, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, Peacock, all those things were, uh, you know, in their infancy and and no real assurance that they were going to work, that fans were going to find them, that people were going to be interested, uh, that people were going to pay for them. Now, you know, it sure seems like there's room for everybody. It really does. And they're just another button on your remote, right? Channel two, channel four, channel five, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Um, it's become routine for us. Uh, I, I think it'll take a little while for fans to, you know, get used to uh, finding it on a new broadcast outlet. We haven't had a new broadcast partner, I think, in 30, 40 years. So it'll take some time to transition, no doubt. But, you know, one of the ways you get people used to things like that is to make sure you put your good games there. And I feel like we've kind of, you know, struck that right balance with the Thursday night package. There's some big ones that you feel like, hey, that's must-see TV. I got to go find Amazon. And once you do that first or second time... I think it's just going to become routine and hopefully by about mid season, uh, everybody's just going to, you know, remember when we thought people wouldn't find Amazon. Uh, I, I think our fans are going to find it Deploy a couple of the really big games out there, whether it's a Baltimore, Tampa, or a Tennessee, Green Bay, obviously the opener with Chargers chiefs. Um, and, and who knows that uh, Jaguars jets game down there in December may have playoff implications by the time we get there. And hopefully by then everybody will have figured out how to watch the, Watching on the service. Now, now you're talking. Can you talk about a little bit about flex scheduling, where it's at in 2022, and expansion of it in 2023? Because I already have my eyes on Monday Night Football in 2023. Because uh, my point on this is, yes, 13 1 o'clock starts, but that's written in pencil, correct? Absolutely. Look, this whole schedule is written in pencil. If there's anything that, you know, COVID taught us, it's that we got to be flexible. Everything's written in pencil. Uh, God willing, we're, we're through with the pandemic, you know, impacting our schedule. But, you know, every year there's surprise teams, right? What do we have? Four or five new playoff teams every year. There's always somebody going worse to first. Uh, it's hard to maintain success in this league. Everything is kind of set up, uh, you know, for parity, whether it's a salary cap or the reverse draft order, free agency, whatever it is. Um, it's it's hard to stay good year after year. And, and here we are making a schedule in April, May, you know, guessing who's going to be competitive in September, four months away or in December, eight months away. I'm not sure our crystal ball is uh, that good or if anybody's crystal ball is that good. So an awful lot of chances uh, for us to kind of, you know, use some tools that we have in the toolbox with our network partners, move the games that have playoff implications in the bigger time slots. Again, it's not always about, you know, generating eyeballs, generating ratings. It's about rewarding the teams that have played their way, you know, into bigger television windows, letting our fans meet these teams, because you're probably going to see them on television in January when we get to the postseason. So whether it's Sunday night football or even on Sunday afternoons, moving from a one o'clock window to a four o'clock window, uh, we'll shorten that runway up as, as much as we can. Try to let everybody know, hey, you're in position to be changed into a different time slot. But it's because you're having success. It's because you're good. It's because your games matter. Uh, fully recognizing the challenges for the forty or fifty thousand ticket holders. But you know, there's twenty, twenty-five million people that are going to watch the game on television. We want to make sure that those fans get to see the games that matter the most. And if our crystal ball was a little blurry in April, and uh, maybe the Jets didn't get as much prime time as they'd hoped, um, there's one way to fix that, and and that's to win. And when we find ourselves in December, um, there's opportunities to move into bigger higher profile television time slots. And as you referenced, starting in 2023, that will include Monday Night Football. That's going to be a challenge for us all. I don't think we're going to be reckless or haphazard with it. It's not like we're going to change it because, you know, this team's five and seven and this team's six and seven. You know, we're not really, you know, moving mountains there. 
Um, but if the Monday night football game that we put in week 15 next season uh, truly is two teams that are just playing out the string, uh, we're not doing them a favor by putting them on national television. We're not doing Disney a favor. We're not doing the fans a favor by asking them to go out for a night game, you know, for a couple of teams that are no longer in playoff contention, especially if there's a game over here sitting on Sunday at one o'clock between two teams that we really didn't see coming. And if we don't change it, that game's going to be on in 15% of the country, 18% of the country. It's not worth more than that. And our fans deserve to see that game. More of our fans deserve to see that game. So whether we slide it to Sunday at 425 or Sunday night at 815 or now Monday night at 815, we've got more opportunities to reward the teams who have played their way into bigger television windows. All right, 60 seconds. The Jets yeah. plan on playing meaningful football in December, and you've been uh, so gracious with your time. You've been with the league for more than a quarter century. Uh, doing this, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's interested in following a career path like this? <laughs> uh, I'd start with have thick skin. Uh, nobody's ever happy with the schedule, so you got to be prepared. Uh, you know, Howard Katz, who's been running the scheduling process for the last 15 years, taught us all, taught all of this, taught all of us this a long time ago. Uh, it's very quick that the, you know, parade celebrating your success turns into a mob running you out of town. Um, you got to have some thick skin. You got to have a long memory. You got to remember, um, you know, what you did right, what you did wrong. You got to be willing to take criticism, you know, strictly from a, you know, career development standpoint, uh, you know, this would hold true for literally just about any, any industry these days, but especially uh, the NFL and, and specifically the scheduling team. Uh, it's all about the data. It's all about the math and science. It's all about, you know, search heuristics and predictive analytics and uh, finding the signal in the noise. There is so much data out there and you got to figure out what really matters and what you can use to make your product better. And that's not just for football. That's for any industry. But, you know, for us, every time a fan interacts with the league, whether they're listening to the Jets podcast or calling in to talk radio or adding somebody to their fantasy team or buying a jersey on NFLshop.com or tweeting something or buying a ticket on a secondary ticketing partner or following somebody on Instagram or in states where it's legal, uh, making a, a bet on a game. You know, every time they interact with us, they're telling us what they care about. And we're trying to take all that data, listen to the fans, as always. They'll tell us what's working and what isn't. They'll tell us what we are doing right and doing wrong. And really trying to, like, take all that data. And again, any industry is going through this right now. The days of gut and feel and instinct, there's always some value to that. But it's really more about the math and the science and the data and the analytics and really trying to figure out, you know, which of these data points really matter and you can use to your benefit and our fans can, you know, expect us to use to their benefit. Um, and it's also about really trying to figure out which of these data sets actually mean something. Uh, and, and like we said, some of these things about rest discrepancy or playing, you know, too many division opponents, you know, do these things really matter or line us up, tell us when to play and we'll be there. And sometimes the team that's favored gets hammered. And sometimes the team that's the underdog with the rest discrepancy uh, and the long travel pulls out a W. You never know. Uh, that's what's so great about sports. Um, that would probably be my final piece of advice. You know, be a fan. I mean, we're so lucky to work in this industry to get to talk about and, and watch sports for a living. Um, we should never forget that. Uh, I'm certainly very grateful and appreciative of the opportunity and take it seriously and, and really hope that, uh, you know, this schedule plays out as well as we think it has a chance to here in April. And uh, 
If not, you know, adjust as we go and 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 uh, use the tools that are available to us to kind of shift and, and reward the teams that have, uh, like we said, played their way into bigger television windows. Uh, Mike North, congratulations on another schedule. Get a couple days of rest. I know you got a lot of interviews to do and then start getting after 2023. Yeah. We'll probably be talking to you later in December, I would think, because the Jets, they think they're going to take some steps. We'll have to see. Yeah, look, love to be back on and then and talk about what worked, what didn't work, what we learned, and maybe even kind of tell your fans, hey, here's what to think about these next four weeks. Because if they are in a playoff chase, there might be some games that are going to have to shift some time slots and how that all works and what has to happen for everything to line up. Uh, happy to do it. And uh, yeah, let, let's hope that's exactly what Jets fans are dealing with in December. It'd be a good problem to have. Thanks, brother. Take care.